Become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. the show this is entertainment landfill daily and i'm your host the jstrom and we're here to talk about film television and pop culture i do the show with my two friends first we have steven the pop culture zealot hello he is here to my virtual left and we also have here mulberry bill the mulberry historian hello hello you know what happened is i was listening to some podcast where the guy was introducing people and he said to my virtual right. And I was like, dude, what the F? Cause I always say Steven. I mean, I don't say it all the time, but for a long time I would say to my virtual left, Steven, no, to my yeah, virtual sure. right, Bill. Sorry. I'm confusing myself. I would say Bill was on. Uh, God damn it. Start over. Bill, uh, Steven. <laughs> Just turn it. Storm of Gleek. Steven is on my left and on yes. my virtual right, Bill. I've said that before, haven't mm-hmm. I? Like I'm sure you have. In yeah. Absolutely. 2005 or something. But I was listening to a podcast where they said that, and I was like, wait a second. You have to remember that we are innovators. We are trailblazers. We are uh, old school. How many, how many podcasts have been around for 10 years? Not, I don't know. Not so you know many. what our our influence uh, reaches school. far and wide. How many how many podcasts have been around oh, for ten oh, years? Shit, hold on. Is not it, I don't oh. know. Not so wow. you know what? Wait, a different podcast is playing behind us. I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm I'm talking to myself. That podcast sounded pretty good, didn't it? They did. They they sound very polished and professional. Yes, very very nice. I thought about doing this whole episode as Anakin from uh, Phantom. Uh, hello, we're doing a show here. <laughs> Heather's like sticking her head to baby who's barking. It's like, oh, uh, that's fine. I'm, I think that's wonderful. Heather, say hello. hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Get that damn dog in here. Hey, I have to step away for one second. I'll be okay. right back. All right, Bill. See you later. Bill? He's gone. AF. Oh, he had some kind of space hatch. He went out. <laughs> Bill, where'd you go? Or would it be AFN? Mike? Oh, there he goes. Hello, everyone. I want to say hello to the chat room. There's Adam Sexton. What's up, Adam? We also have Darren. Hey, guys, what's up? Um, Welcome to the show. It's time for Entertainment Landfill and all of our crazy shenanigans. 
We have lots of crazy shenanigans, don't we, Stephen? Yes, we do lots of shenanigans. I remember back in the early days of the show, like, we would do it on um, Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And it was, Emma was a baby still. And Heather would take Emma and go to, like, her parents. Right. And give us the house, um, you know, give us the free, free reign of the house where we could <laughs> do the show. And that was before we had a dog, too. I remember those days. Yeah. No dog. Wow. But I remember, like, uh, you know, back in the early days of the show also, I thought it was... It was kind of like before we even did the show, I had all these ideas of what we would do for Nowhere in Mulberry. And it would be like, I know we're in a virtual radio station. We're in a radio station in a small town, and this is a show we do. And, of course, you know, after the first episode, it was like, eh, you know. And every once in a while, we would. We played that up. Play that up. But then it would kind of fade away again. You know, like whenever, like we're in the, the Mulberry Town Mall or. Like or the, on the monorail, the, yeah, yeah, um, or even the Cloverfield episode. Clover. We're, yeah, it's just character shows. Yeah, we're uh, back in Mulberry, so it's kind of funny. I was thinking about since 2005 how tiring it would have been if we're like, here we are in Mulberry again, guys. <laughs> it's like, God, why don't they give up this ruse? We know I probably not- would have strangled myself. <laughs> I know that's they're they're we not. We actually have to move to the town of Mulberry, Texas, and do it from a real radio front store. Oh, you know what? About two been... miles down the road from my house is Mulberry Road. So, Whoa. <laughs> what would have been cool is if people were like, "Do you think they're really in some small town radio station?" See if that if that was what it was like. It was... And then when people discover that we're not, they get really angry and lash out, and then These burn our CDs and roll over them with steamrollers and. You know, you know what's funny is um, AGT is on behind me. You know, it's just a rerun or whatever, right? But uh, there, there's always an episode where this happens. It's happened every season of the show, and I even think it's happened in England where, you know, they're like, okay, well, here's our next uh, next uh, contestant or whatever the hell they're called. Hi, I'm uh, Stanley Smith from. Uh, Lancashire something. I don't know. I can't come up with some random place. I'm from from Mulberry, Texas. Okay, well, what are you going to do for us today? Um, you know, I'm going to sing or something like that. I'm going to sing for everybody. And they're like, okay, well, let's see what you got. And he's like, and they're all of a sudden, they're like, <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. And you see, like, some old lady in the audience, like, just like, oh, and he's, oh, like, and he's a veteran. <laughs> yeah, I had half my body blown off in the, the war, and I'm a cyborg. Calls. Yeah, there's a magic trifecta of, uh, of, America's got talent, Britain's got talent, where it's like you've got to have something really wrong with you. In the case of England, it was uh, uh, Paul Potts had really awful teeth. I'm, I'm and, an old lady. Uh, <laughs> I, I live in a shoe, and I have Yeah, I live in a shoe. Children, I have bad teeth. 13 children I'm taking care of, and I'm going to sing for you. Well, okay. Let's see what you got. And she's like, and the voice like, oh. of an angel, a shoe <laughs> angel. It's so beautiful. But it's like they do it every time. Yeah. And I remember years ago, my dad was like, wow, this is unbelievable. Check this out. And he had a video of uh, some Britain's Got Talent of the guy doing my, opera. I will, 
always, you know, I, I live with my dad, so I can't get away from it. And he, I stupidly, I gave him one of those like expensive THX certified stereo systems. Nice. With the, like the huge subwoofer and the two speakers. And I will be below him in the basement and just all of a sudden hear like that Susan, whatever the hell her name was. Susan or, Royal, yeah. Yeah, and he'll just and then the other day though it came the came the the kicker. I'm downstairs and all of a sudden I hear pan flute and it's a pan flute cover of the Titanic of Celine Dion. So yeah, but it's just a pan flute. Yikes! Yeah, so now his his new he's no longer obsessed with America's Got Talent or Britain's, Britain's Got Talent or X Factor. He now loves pan flute YouTube videos. Pan flute? Well, yeah. what, what is he? Why is he? Why pan flute? I don't know why. Why pan flute is the question for pan flute entirely. Is it like a centaur who's playing it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually two. It's two Native American guys, so it just makes it even worse. Weird. I've yeah, I've never understood pan flute, but I well, digress. I gotta hear it now. Oh yeah, yeah. It is so soothing. <laughs> what is it? There's the centaur, and then the what's the guy who? Minotaur. Where there's a guy who has a regular body, but it's just <laughs> yeah, his it's He's a not centaur. a horse, but he has two legs. Oh, a um, what is that goat thing? <laughs> I want to see a guy on America's Got Talent with the pan flute. Yes, I'd like to play a song for you. By the way, um. My whole family died tragically. Oh. Well, let's They died aboard a ship. <laughs> they sank. Wow, I like that. Oh, pan flute. Oh, a satyr or a fawn? Oh, Is a that- satyr. That's what I'm it- thinking of. Yeah, it's a satyr. comes out on stage. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> or, is it, or is it satyr? I don't know. I think it's satyr. Okay. But well, it's also there's also a Jewish seder, you know, where they, you know, Passover. So I don't know. There's my heart will go on on pan flute. You need to stop right now. <laughs> there's but there's also a guy on the recorder. <laughs> the recorder. There's a lot of pan flute covers of the song. Why is it just challenging or I, no? It's pandering. It's it's ponderous. It's awful in every way. That is so funny. Yeah, I don't get it. I it's kind of like how I I I just it's one of those things that escapes my generation. Maybe <laughs> like I mean he's sixty five. He likes pan flute. Okay, I don't think just our our generation or uh, yeah. many generations. <laughs> this is an anomaly. Too many hippies on acid listening to what. And what shocks me is my dad is one of those guys who would say dirty hippies. Like yeah. he's not he's not a peace love dope kind of a man. He's a he's a fundamentalist Bible thumping Christian. Age. Yeah, he's like maybe those hippies maybe those were right, man. Right, yeah, maybe. Maybe he's being enlightened. Yeah, that's good. I see their point, man. Now I just have to take uh take some, some weed to him. Can you guys believe this? Can you guys believe these bad reviews of pixels? Oh, I'm shocked. These people just must be cynical bastards. Yeah, at the same time, yes, I we talked about it before like everyone loves trashing um uh, uh Adam Sandler movies. 
but at the same time, <laughs> we all watch them. Now. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's like they get panned so harshly that when I finally watch one, I'm like, it's not that bad. Come on. I've seen you know? worse. Yeah, I've seen worse. I mean, yeah, we have, have you like... Have seen the, a Roger Corman film come on? <laughs> I mean, yes, I know he makes bad films, but I think the thing that gets lobbed at Pixels is that it is um, pandering to yeah. the nostalgia of uh, 80s video games or something yeah. like that. He, he essentially committed one fatal error, and that is not treating... Uh, nostalgic classic arcade gaming with the utmost respect. We're just doing our jobs. Like, I mean, gamer geeks, I'm one of them. We can get very angry. Well, the, I, I, you know, of course I read uh, Drew McWeeny's review and he said it would be okay if, you know, the whole point of the thing is that aliens have, um, by the way, very similar to Armada in a way. Yeah. But um, in this 80s video game, I guess the aliens are challenging us with 80s video games or something like that. And so video game experts like, say, Adam Sandler and uh, Peter Dinklage, who they say is basically Billy Mitchell. And Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. They're really they're experts in video games or whatever. They're, they're the record holder. So they need to help fight off the aliens or whatever. But what bothered Drew McWeeny is then they don't do it in the way that they would play a video game. They're physically doing it, which isn't the same thing as standing at an arcade with a stick and a button. You know, instead they're running around like he's on the Donkey Kong girders and climbing up the ladders. He's like, how is that the same as playing it? (laughs) Yeah. I can understand as long as it's fun, you know, that's okay or whatever. Well, but you know what? Uh, Ready Player One had a few scenes where uh, the, you know, the gamer was inside of the game. Right, uh, right. I know what you Wasn't there about. like that moment with, what was that old game? Was it Black Tiger? Yeah, and Black Tiger, it's like a three-dimensional version of the platform yeah. game. But it's done in a respectful way. If they only would have maybe done it a little more, like just made it look amazing mm-hmm. and done it in a really well-directed action set piece, I could go for it. But what they're doing is just being assholes about the whole thing. And here's the thing, like, uh, I know, like, Emma, she really wants to see it because it looks fun. And, and, you know, before, here's the thing, I did, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks kind of funny. You know, we were were all talking about, like, oh, that's, yeah, it looks amazing or whatever. And I don't know, do the number of bad reviews turn you off to it? Or should we just go see it anyway? You know what I mean? I'm not going... You know what? I might go on, like, next not, Tuesday when it's $4. You're not going the lo- on a bad review issue. You're going, yeah. you're going on a... I think, I think I know what it is. Here's my problem. It's I, reconnaissance. You, know, you guys know that I like to let the movie come to me. <clears throat> like, I like to sit there... Let it wash over me. Show me anything. Yeah. And I don't care what uh, critics say, but I already have this negative feeling about it that I feel like if I went to go see it, I'd be like, okay, let's watch this shitty movie that no doubt this is going to be. And I have the wrong attitude of uh, I've already like condemned it. You know what I mean? 
I didn't I expect anything that. from it. It's it's an Adam Sandler, Kevin James movie. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, so the expectations aren't real high. What I was excited... I mean, I got chills when I saw, like, 3D Pac-Man. Yeah, 3D you know, It was like, Galaga. oh, Pac-Man! And then it just... it. It fell into that trap that so many of those movies do, where it's like, oh, you know, the Pac-Man's not Pac-Man's creator, but, you know, uh, uh, goes to it, and it you know, fights his arm, and he run, runs off like, oh, somebody stopped it. And it was just like the comedy beat fell flat. Like, it wasn't honest. It didn't, it wasn't a laugh it deserved. Donkey Kong sucks. And I have a feeling that is what the film is. It's a bunch of flat jokes that haven't earned to be laughed at. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, we haven't seen it, so it'd be better if we all saw it and hated yeah. it and we could just trash it, but since we haven't seen it, whatever. Um, I would have preferred they would have just cast Steve Weeby and the real Billy Mitchell in the movie. That would have been amazing. <laughs> or at least given them cameos. Maybe we don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah. Or that guy that runs around like, oh, they're about to be, they're going to break a high score. They're going to break. In fact, that guy should have been in the movie. Bill, the kill screen's coming up if you're interested. Uh... Yeah, that guy should (laughs) pop up in the movie. Like, uh, the high score, kill screen's coming up. You know, one of the reviews I saw, I think it was on on Polygon or something, they said, here's the movies you should watch instead of Pixels. And one of them was, go watch King of Kong again. And I was like, you know what? I haven't watched that in a long time. I wouldn't mind watching that again. I saw that Steve Wiebe was attempting another uh, go at the record, but oh, cool! As these guys do it, it becomes increasingly more impossible. Like at some point, somebody's going to make a perfect score, and then it's going to be, you know, perfect down. Or is there even a perfect possible in pa- in, uh, in Donkey Kong? I think you can get before you get the kill screen. You can actually. I mean, it's. I know there's you have to get a certain amount of barrels and stuff. That's how you get points, you know? Right. Yeah. Is there... I don't know. Well, I mean, they ha- it has a score that resets once you reach, you know, 9999999999. It rolls over. Is there anybody over. who's going to get that high? But, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, but I'm saying, like, who's going to reach the, the score that theoretically analyzing the entire game, the most points you can get? <laughs> like, <laughs> who is going to get that? If that hasn't happened by now, it's probably pretty hard. Yeah, and let's face it. Like I always liked Donkey Kong as a kid, but sucked at the arcade version, dude. Oh yeah, I'm awful. I couldn't it's get past the so pie stage. Goddamn hard. I ruled at the Coleco Vision version because <laughs> it only has three stages. It doesn't have the fourth one, and you just it just starts yeah. over and over again. And it has the main stage, the plug stage, and the uh, elevator stage, right? It has the um, yeah. You know the one that goes do do. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The springs. Yeah. yeah. On the ColecoVision, those springs aren't on the level. So it's no. like super easier. You know? And, I mean, it goes in quality at that time. The ColecoVision was the best-looking one. They packaged yeah. it with the Coleco. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. that And I think the, the most honest, or not honest, but the most faithful port was for the Atari 400, 800. Yeah, you know uh, what's which, funny is um, Emma just watched uh, Atari, the... What's oh, game it? over? Atari game over. And she was like, what was it like when you had an Atari? And I was like, oh, they sucked. And I go, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Let me go back. It was really awesome. And where now I think about the graphics and stuff, of course it sucks, but back then when I was a kid, it was awesome. Yeah. You know? There is nothing more I would rather do than next time I come down ship all my gaming stuff down there and just spent four days playing classic games with Emma <laughs> and you guys. I think she would, she's such a creative, uh, wonderful girl. I mean, she would totally get why we loved these things. I know it. Here's the funny thing, Bill. Before um, she watched that documentary, she said, she was like, did you know that it's rumored that they buried the game E.T. in New Mexico. And I was like, wait, let me stop you right there, Emma. Because they've already dug it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm. Did you not know that? And she goes, no, they did it. It's not there. She, she was like, it's an urban legend. And I was like, Emma, it's real. And it happened. She goes, no, it's not. And I go, do you not believe your dad? And I was like, come <laughs> here. You need to watch this documentary. And so I put it on for her. And then afterwards, she was talking to me about it. She was like, wow, I can't believe they buried all those games. I go, I know. It was like this mythic thing. Like, was it real? But I'm surprised she didn't catch up on that when they were actually doing it because I would talk about it and stuff. Right. But Does you know, she not realize like, the name of our me. podcast now? <laughs> yeah, <ET Handful>. yeah. <laughs> but it, she was asking me about like what was it back, and I go, it was exactly like an Xbox now, where you're like, you have these games. I actually never owned an Atari. Our next door neighbors had an Atari in our apartment, and I'd go over there to play them. Now, uh, and then eventually Scotty, he had an Atari. I'd go over there. We'd play combat or whatever. And, you know, eventually I won the ColecoVision, and that was my system. It was like, awesome. And I had only Donkey Kong for a long time until I got Cosmic Avenger and Ladybug at a uh, at the uh, Orange County uh, swap meet in California. <laughs> my dad bought them for me. But, um you know, now, I think even then when I had the ColecoVision, I was like, dude, Atari sucks. Check out the graphics on this puppy, you know. And it was true. The Atari graphics did suck. But at the time, it was awesome, you know. Yeah, it was so true because I had an Atari. My friend Josh had a ColecoVision. And every time I went down there, I just wanted to play the ColecoVision. Yeah. You know, it was it was amazing. I remember that stuff like Demon Attack and Yars Revenge were really cool. You know, they got better. I remember the best game on it in the early days was Space Invaders. Yeah, it was. Because it really looked so much uh, like closer the to the arcade. But I remember laughing out loud as a kid, cynical kid, when they showed Atari 2600 now has Pac-Man. Oh, God, Pac-Man yeah. looks so <laughs> shitty. But you know what's Atari, funny but... is I have this attachment to that Pac-Man. Oh, really? I, yeah, because it's the first game I ever played. That's the one where the oh, head wow. didn't turn, and right? It stayed the same direction. Yeah, and I time. knew how awful it was because of, you know, it was like it looked like Pac-Man looked like Captain Lou Albano whenever it would start because, like, the what? dot... Remember what? the music bill was that the yep. I was like, oh my yep. god, that like, music! I just got a. There's a special place in my heart for it. It's awful. I know how bad it is. I would rather play. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man is a video game cartridge you have to buy separately to play on the Atari video computer system. Your parents hook it up to the TV. Those are supposed to be the ghosts after Pac-Man. <laughs> oh my God, I love that music, that sound. 
This is the system. You know, by the way, I love those authentic game sounds, but don't you hate it? On movies or TV, oh yeah, where they're playing a game and it doesn't match it the game. <laughs> they like, I don't know if they didn't clear it legally and they have to no. have their own. It's so annoying, isn't it? It's it's, it's excessively annoying. It's just like, oh, the game doesn't sound like that. And they're always like, they're like, you know, just like hitting all the controller. They got the buttons, they're slamming on all the buttons. Like, like that. are they playing track and field and they're doing like the pole vaulting part or? <laughs> Yeah, I love track and field. <laughs> <laughs> you put the you put the controller on your lap and use your index and middle finger. Ah, but that's a, when I was playing that the Order eighteen eighty six. I was doing that at parts like ah, where you have to hit the button. The freaking werewolves trying to rip your throat out. But we uh, regress into uh, old habits. But it was really cool talking video games with her, and she was asking me about what it was like, and I was like, it was. You know, that was state-of-the-art gaming, but I did the same thing I do now and as an adult or my whole life. I'd go to, like, Montgomery Ward with my friend, like, uh, uh, and we would stand in the electronics department, and they would have a demo of games playing on the TV. And they would have these Coleco games that I would basically never own because they were just too expensive. The shit was too expensive, you know? And uh, it was... It was awesome. I, you know, even now, Bill, we, you and I have talked about. I love window shopping. You know. Oh yeah. Like just walking around. Remember back in the day before I even owned HD TV, walk around and just look at them. Yeah. It was just like so much fun. And then I go, dude, we've been here like three hours. <laughs> oh really? It's like, like even whenever I come down there, one of our first stops is Best Buy. Yeah. The Mansfield Best Buy. Yeah, Jason and I would go to Fry's. Yeah, Best Buy. We've yeah. never gone into Fry's. Or did, did Fry's close? And. There- Fries is still open here. Fries is still open All right, here. we need to make a fries run when I come down there. I right mean, now. So the key with fries is don't ever buy any electronics there because the customer service sucks. But it's oh, okay yeah. to walk around and look, though. <laughs> but you can find uh, the more obscure connections and stuff like that that yeah. you need. Yeah. Because I remember yeah, oh, yeah, you needed like something. Yeah, that's. A, I remember when I first discovered like they had uh, like $6 HDMI cables. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, let me grab three of these. And they're like, sir, you're only allowed to buy one of these at a time. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. I guess they don't want people like, dude, let me grab 20 of these or something. You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So then. Yeah, you know, I only have one unit I need to connect to my television. Yeah. But uh, so you don't have to technically buy Monster Cable at Best Buy. You could just buy a $6 one. Yeah. And they're just as good. Yeah, until, you know, remember a while back, I mono cables where I got that shielded one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was all paranoid and stuff. But it, I don't think that's even what was bothering me. But still, just to have one, it's cool. Yeah, mono price is where I get everything. What do you now. call those? The, the things that go on the cable at the end? The big black plastic shield thing? I forget what it's called. Ferrite, ferrite or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ferrite core thing, yeah. Yeah, that's what I got, which... It's yeah, I just remember down. I sent you a, I think it was a video card, and you had to go there to get some power adapter that I was like, oh, we're probably going to have to order that online. Oh, you're yeah, like, no, yeah. Fry's will have that shit. 
Oh my god, that was so long ago. But yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. I remember like I didn't I like shoot video of it and eat, or text it to you or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, you're like, nice. is this what I need? <laughs> yeah, you were so scared to open your computer, and I was like, no, it's okay, you can do it. I know you can do it. That was I gotta admit that was a lot of fun. Like, yeah, it is. You get a kind of a bug, like, and you get you get this confidence the first after the first time you do it, and you're like, I got this. I can I totally think, upgrade this, no problem. Yeah, that was with the old computer. I think you sent me. Uh, was it a sound, sound card, card or a video card? It was, was, was a it a sound card? Yeah. Okay. No, that was different. That was uh, yeah. Computer. I sent him. I've, I've sent him multiple video cards too. So yeah, yeah. The the first old computer I had, we got a new. You sent me a video card that you weren't using anymore, and I bought some extra RAM. Remember? And so when I got it, uh, yeah, I you were on speakerphone talking me through. It, yeah, you. Was yeah, it was it like up. the first big upgrade. And then you logged into Star Wars Galaxies. It was like it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was God. That was so long ago. That's so funny. That was awesome. I you can know, actually see the birds in the air. I was thinking or the, the Minox. I was thinking a lot, you know, about nostalgia, and I was kind of doing research on nostalgia. I was just looking it up and. Is nostalgia good or bad for you? But like anything, too much of something can be bad for you. But uh, the right amount is fine. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you guys are reading Armada, Ernie Klein's new book. More than halfway done with it. Good. Because I want the three of us to actually record a show where we talk about it since we're all reading it. Yeah. And uh, I'd like it to be a patron exclusive for a while. So anybody who uh, wants to listen to that show... Uh, read the book uh, Armada by Ernest Klein, but I would love to try to uh, contact uh, Ernest Klein and see if we can get a like a mini interview with him. That would be awesome. He's actually going to be here on twenty uh, seventh. He uh, the yeah he's going to be here Monday in Richardson, and M and I are going to go to that. Oh, that's awesome! And it's- are you getting him to sign your Kindle? No, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so funny is when I saw that he was going to be here, I went ahead and ordered the hardback bill. Oh, nice. So I've purchased Armana on the Kindle, on um, Audible, and on the hardback. <laughs> so I bought it three I, times. I have to say, I've been reading and listening, and um, Will Wheaton's gotten a little better. He's yeah, yeah. Smart. I've He's, I've been listening to it too. Here's the thing, Bill. I I didn't mean. I'm totally just cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's all I was saying. I'm was I'm reading it on the Kindle, so I'm way ahead of where I am in the Audible book. So what I'll do is like if I'm going to drive somewhere for a while, I'll put it on. But it's stuff I've already read. Mm-hmm. Because that's the best way. Because honestly, the way that. Uh, Ernest Klein writes is he references a lot of stuff to the point where, come on, let's admit it. It's a little self-indulgent, but yeah, it gets a little, a little nauseating, but I like having uh, YouTube open sometimes when he mentions a song or something, yep. I'll look it up and I'll play it in the background while I'm playing. Like, it's funny. Cause like even rush moving pictures, I went ahead and just put it on while yep. I was reading, <laughs> uh, but I'll do stuff like that. And uh, you don't it's, have the CD. I did that. Oh, yeah, right. I actually, no. that is the only Rush album I actually have an LP of. I have a record of cool. moving pictures. And uh, you know what's funny is um, Heather and I were talking about Rush, and she was talking about she can't stand Rush because she hates the singer's voice. And I said, 
If you just picture Pinky from Pinky and, Pinky and the Brain, then it's yep. uh, impossible, you know? <laughs> or uh, any honestly, number of people's grandmas in a long wig. I, I totally picture Pinky singing all the Rush songs. Narf! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was thinking about nostalgia like that feeling you get when you re- fondly remember something. And it's not just video games or the 80s, but anything. Grandmas and stuff like that. When Bill, do you remember when you and I, in the early days when we would talk... We would challenge each other. We'd play this YouTube game where I'd go, remember this? And I'd send you a link to some 80s commercial. And then you go, remember this? And I'd go like, holy shit, I haven't seen this and since then or whatever. Remember, we'd just try to blow each other's minds with old, ancient, nostalgic things. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. that was probably one of my favorite things. to be like, hey, remember this one? Holy shit, I haven't seen that in ages. Yeah. Or, you know, stuff like that. It's just... Uh... And every once in a while, you see one where you almost time travel. Like, you're like, oh, shit, it almost just happened. Like, I almost (laughs) just traveled through time, Steven. But it's just, it's there for a second. And then it's like yanked away, that feeling. And it's like, I was almost there. I I almost time traveled. Uh, Didn't work, though. So I've got to write a book about time traveling using YouTube. You think that, wouldn't that be Yeah, Absolutely. It's like, are you, you know, finally? and I do. The, I did the same thing from the beginning. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I've, that's good. I've done the same thing from like whenever I read Ready Player One. Like the first reference he makes in that is Dead Man's Party, Oingo Boingo. Yeah, and I remember sitting there with my laptop and bringing it up and playing it while I'm reading it. Yes, or the score from Lady Hawk. You know, right. it was just yeah, or it even was like the the references to war games, and I'm like, okay, I got to put on war games or something. I got to watch this first part of the movie, and it's almost like an interactive book in a way. And he he does something that a lot of Arthur, you know, he's got his niche that he's doing, and that's fine. Now, granted, I understand if somebody who gets none of the references would be totally turned off by the book. And that's an acceptable thing. Like, I don't understand what the hell he's talking about. I'm not into this shit. Right. And, you know, I would totally that's a valid argument. It's for the people who get it. Am would I it right? Be awesome, more awesome to say if the ebook had tags to all this stuff yeah links or whatever yeah, you just <laughs> but i like i like i would sit here at the computer desk and have the kindle propped up and i'd be reading it and i go oh let me look that up or something like that and it was just fun it's a fun game to play and now it does die i mean yes there are references in it but and we'll like i said record this but it it's not like uh I mean, it's not fair for me to say this because I got most of the references. And ones I didn't get, I would Google it and go, oh, okay, that's what it's... There have been a couple I haven't gotten. Yeah, so I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but, like, my dad couldn't get through this book. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) But it's not... I think... But it's unapologetically the, for the people it's for. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's this generation. It's it's yeah, people between Bill's age and our age. I'm kind of at the top end of the scale and you're at the bottom end, Bill. Now, Bill, you yeah. said you're over the ha- over the halfway point, Stephen? Yeah, I I'm am. About, I've got about 100 pages left. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'm on chapter 17, whatever. Well, that's great. So when you guys He's finish met with a certain person. If okay. That's... So <laughs> okay when you guys finish i don't care where you are steven or bill 
we can do it all on Skype. I don't care, but mm, we're going to record right away when it's all fresh in our minds, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'll finish it this coming week. Because I'm still listening to the audiobook too, but um, then we'll talk about it. You know, positives, well, negatives, do whatever. I finish it this week and then I skim back over it and kind of refresh my brain from the mm-hmm. beginning to the end, and then we can maybe next weekend. Yeah, have you said you're listening to it? Have you noticed any times where Will Wheaton said something strangely? That's funny. I was just thinking about that. Yes, he'll. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was. I know the word phaeton. I, that's the way I pronounce it in my head, phaeton. But he said yeah. phaeton. Phaeton, yeah. And I was like, okay. But there was maybe one it's... other one where it's a very common word, and I was like, what? Oh, God, what is it? It's on the because I even told you I was like, there's been one time so far where he said something. It's like Shatner's sabotage. <laughs> he did say something. Oh God, damn it! I can't remember what it was, but I said it out loud. And I go, uh, no, this is how you say that word. Like yeah. I actually said it out loud to myself. Yeah, I, like, I said it too. I was doing? driving to school whenever it happened. But he's being very exact, I guess, you know. I he's guess, always, yeah. we've always, I'm always talking about, like, how he over-enunciates things where it drives me insane. Mm-hmm. But I can picture he's just one of those people that's the stickler for speaking very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, you can't fault the guy for that. I'm no. doing it right now. <laughs> uh, he's a special kind of geek. Yes. He's yeah. like a geek on the autism scale kind of geek. <laughs> You know what? I would love to do an audiobook. That would be fun, but I can imagine, God, it takes forever. Natalie actually wants to do that. She has friends that make money doing audiobooks. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. She says it's really easy. All you need is kind of this uh, this Apogee duet, like a way to really capture your uh, voice from a from a good microphone mm-hmm. uh, digitally, and, you know, and then you go in and edit it together, but... Yeah, I guess they make some pretty good money. I mean, her friend, I think, makes her rent money every month just from wow. audiobooks. Well, is it just because there's so many? Is it like a service where if you're a author, you could have it done for you or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Are we talking like self-publishing or just... Um... I think, you know, they... I think it's no different than uh, acting. You know, there's oh, probably... Okay. You know, you can audition or there's... You do samples. Natalie just said you record samples and then people, you know, kind of search you out. And Very cool. I remember yeah. there's um, uh, there's a service. I know this is not the same thing, but you authors can get people to do covers where there's a company who uh, basically employs many artists and you pay like $200 and all the different artists do a different version of what you want. Then they send it to you and the one you approve of, then you finally pay for it or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's I've cool seen that idea. for logos, like business logos Yeah, also. like five different interpretations and are like, ooh, this one is my favorite or something like that. Uh, I, there's Because, you know, the covers are very important with books also. Um, yeah, it's, I, what, it's what you first see. It's what grabs you. Yeah, my dad's second book, he was like, what do you think of this cover? And I was like, I don't like it at all. He's like, well, you know, I'm pretty much settled on it. Well, then why did you ask me? Because <laughs> I was like, it should be this. And he goes, no, that doesn't really work. And then you realize if it's somebody's creation, it's there. It they make the final decision. So, But I didn't mean that it was awful. What I meant was it just doesn't grab your attention at all. Yeah, it doesn't make you want to pick up the book. It's kind of like whenever you're walking through half-price books and you just see bland on bland. And then yeah. maybe one grabs you and it's normally like a Frank Frenzetta. Unless it's, 
Edgar it, Rice unless Burroughs. Unless it's like uh, Catcher in the Rye, uh, you know, the red yeah. with the lettering or whatever. Or the Bible. It's just black with letters on the front, you know. The Bible. Yeah. Wow, that looks amazing. It was his book, Monorails of Mars. And I said, it should be like a moon backdrop and like a train. The monorail's coming right at you, kind of like uh, that recent movie. What is it called? With Chris Evans, Stephen? I mean, Bill. Um, oh, Snowpiercer. Like Snowpiercer type of cover. And he goes, well, there's not really a monorail in it per se. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm just... It's when people buy your book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a attention grabber. And also, like a lot of these authors, like when you do the Kindle authors, they publish directly to the Kindle where people can buy it. They price it at like 99 cents for like six weeks or something. Right. Uh, that way, people are like, oh, shit, what the hell? I'll pay 99 cents for this. And then they review it or whatever, and you get enough. Then you raise the price. But he's like... No, I think I'm going to start at nine ninety nine. I'm like, no, that's not. Uh, and I just can't talk them into anything. So it just becomes frustrating. <laughs> but hey, do what you want to do, okay? But yeah. I like the idea of having it on sale first or something. Like, you should have had like a desert landscape with his face superimposed over it. Like he's watching over the monorails of Did Mars. Did you just look it up? No. <laughs> you ought to look it up on uh, Amazon. Here's He has this... I don't want to talk bad about my dad in case he listens. <laughs> I had a friend give me advice with my artwork because I was pricing it, you know, when I was showing it uh -huh. really high. He's like, dude, you don't have a name. Nobody's going to pay your prices. Right. So... You're going to start low. As yeah, you're you start, not going to be like $5,000. As you develop a following, then you can start raising it. And I, I totally understand the the whole, no, thanks for your advice, but yeah, screw off or whatever. Because yeah. I've been that way before where somebody's like just trying to tell you something. And you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Jason, you know what you should do on your show? Oh, uh, yeah, what? And I'm just, like, not listening anymore? <laughs> you should oh, do, no. like, a contest. It would be so much fun. And I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm, like, not listening anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just because I die. No, don't tell me that, you know? I was talking with my mom today, and she said, you doing your show tonight? Yeah. What are you your guys talking show? about? Your little show. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You doing what your are you guys talking about? I don't know. You doing you mean, your insignificant you, show tonight? <laughs> you mean you mean he doesn't tell you what you're talking about, so you can't prepare questions in advance? <laughs> like, All right, yeah, Steve I've got, got that one. Steve and I have attached a PDF of the <laughs> subjects we will speaking yep. of tonight. Like, yes, this is our that's schedule. Not, that's not how it works, Mom. Not These will all. be our guests These, tonight. <laughs> this is the order. At eight o'clock, we start. We do the greeting. Mm -hmm. 8.15, we start talking the about... Greeting. <laughs> That's the greeting. That's a greeting and salutation. If we kind of official, like, timetable, it would feel so stupid. Yes, the minutes of the show. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, there's the opening of the show. Jason <laughs> has a gavel, and he opens the show with... All right, oh. let's debate this. The show has come to order. Marvel the floor is open. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah, you know it doesn't work like that. So we, just, never mind. we just chat. I don't, I've totally lost what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, your dad looking over us oh. on Mars. Oh, Advice yeah. giving. So, oh, we were talking about Armada, but somehow I went into books and book sales. <laughs> we were talking about, but we were talking about audiobooks, and yes, 
Okay, another audiobook is the Star Wars audiobooks where they do sound effects and stuff. I'm Those totally spoiled by that. If I was an author, I would want all of my audiobooks to have sound effects. <laughs> I yeah. just I like I love editing audio and all that kind of shit. I would love to have background sounds. And yes, people could say, "Oh, it's kind of gimmicky." I don't care. I love it. I love the idea. Yeah. Like, it's uh, radio. It's a radio play. It's a fifteen-hour radio play. I like, love listening to the Star Wars books. You're just like Jason. Is your audiobook coming out? Yeah, we're casting it right now. There's like thirty different voices. So, oh my god, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they no. did that with the um, the Max Brooks uh, uh, World War Z, and it's fantastic. Right, right. I've heard that. No, it would be one guy doing it, but it would be somebody really good at voices and stuff, like Mark Thompson. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Rich Little. No. <laughs> yeah, Mark Thompson's fantastic, and I saw he's doing the new one called uh, Aftermath, so I was like, ooh, that's going to be You know, it's funny. I get excited about these new Star Wars books, and then I start them, and I realize that there's just, I don't know, it's... It's the hard. voices that I loved from the expanded universe books, you know, those writers, uh-huh. I don't think any of them have done any yet. And I mean, my favorite was Aaron Alston and God rest his soul. He's no longer with us, but, uh, the rest of them, I just, I, I don't think any of them have written anything yet. And he just, ugh, like the one I just read, I think it was heir to the Jedi. Uh-huh. It's just, like it it's like going back in time and luke is still like it's luke after return of the jedi but he still acts like luke from the beginning of star wars he's whiny luke yeah he's whiny luke and i'm just like i we we we're past that please like i don't i don't understand it like even in the bad motivator look yeah, even in Return of the Jedi, I mean, he's past that. He's yeah, but for some reason they're making him kind of a douchebag, and I just had to bail on it. I was like, the, you know what? I don't want my memory sullied by this awful writing. The Chuck Wendig does the new one, Aftermath, and he has written a lot of books. So uh, if that says anything, and I read it, the book opens up. They did a sample chapter on entertainment weekly and i read it and it made me excited because it opens up with wedge on like a reconnaissance mission and i was like dude it's wedge and i totally got into that po you know it's it's the new star wars i mean it's not new like it's not prequels it's our uh trilogy of characters you know what i mean and so i got excited about that bill yeah, and I'm sorry. It's uh, Heir to the Jedi takes place after Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Are you talking but, about the the one with uh, Kanan in, in that? Uh, is, is he in that? Oh, oh, uh, wait. Heir to the Jedi. Let me see what you're talking about. If I see the cover, I'll know. Oh, okay, no. I yeah, I don't know what that is, but it is a Luke centric book. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I bailed on it. So things to do, but to waste time. It just felt like too much. Securities. 3PO is with her, no doubt feeling unappreciated for his predictions of imminent doom in over like six million parts. Yeah, it's it. fantastic. I love it, and they've got it's got music and everything. Oh, I was thinking of Dark Disciple. That's the one with. Oh uh, yeah, that looks pretty cool. It's like takes up from uh, Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars, the show. Yeah, and it's the further adventures of uh, what's her face. 
uh, Asajj Ventress. Ventress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually want to read that because that book is a storyline that they were unable to do because of the cancellation. Right. They showed, like, animatics of it. And it has that cool Jedi guy that was only in one episode. Oh, yeah, the the underwater guy? No, um, he's got, like, this uh, war paint across his nose. He almost looks like a Native American Jedi or something. But in the episode... I, he, Iron Eye, Eyes Cody Jedi. Yeah. Well, he teams up... Oh, is Quinlan Voss is his name. Which oh, I, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great name. But him, him and Obi-Wan Kenobi in one episode are going after the, the bounty hunter guy. What's his name? The Cade? Or the guy yeah, with, Cade. Uh, yeah. And uh, they're both going after him. And he doesn't get along with Obi-Wan at all. And I loved Mm-mm. how they were both like hated each other i thought that was pretty cool you know but how freaking great to digress again was that show near the end oh like, i haven't finished it yet but yes oh, it is awesome there's many did you um like, did you ever get to the episode with uh obi-wan and all the bounty hunters where he like goes inside that cube and then has yeah, to do, yeah 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 that was it's almost such like, a fun episode it's like they have to with each room they go to, another bounty hunter gets killed or something, and they have to mm-hmm. keep going. Basically, Obi-Wan is undercover to look like they transformed his face to look like this bounty hunter. And uh, he basically earns Cade's trust, and he joins him. That was a great, like, three-episode arc or something. It was really yeah. cool. Great but stuff. The, I've always, near the end of that show, it just really, in that Netflix season, basically fixed the prequels for me like i i i was like emotional during like the last five episodes of that season like it's that well written that well realized it 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 fleshes out so much of the story and characters that george lucas only wishes he could have done i know i totally need to finish the series because i love it you know it's almost like you get into this star warsy mood like when the the um the teaser came out. I was like, Oh, I need something star Wars. Oh, I'll go back to the clone wars. And I watched for like two weeks straight or something. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of trailed off again. And I got into something else, but that's what happens, you know, like a week I'm like twitching every day. And then that casts aside and then I'm doing something else for the week or something like that. It just, we're all victims to that. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about Ant-Man? Because we all three saw Ant-Man. Didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Steven, you saw Ant-Man because uh, you were with me. I've actually seen Ant-Man twice because we went with uh, Emma's grandmother, which was really cool. She really loved it. I really loved it. I liked that it wasn't super dark and serious, and it was like a lot of fun. Had some great sequences. I'm a huge fan of Antony. Yeah, I have no major complaints about it. Uh, I mean, it's... Did you leave the whole Edgar Wright thing at the door, Bill? Like you no. should have? No, every throughout the entire movie, I would see a certain scene or a certain moment, oh, and, you and I would thinking. go... Oh, that's so Edgar Wright. And then I would <laughs> then after the movie, I look I looked up parts, and even the the guy said, "Yeah, that was there from whenever Edgar wrote the script, right. or that was there from whenever Edgar did the animatics." And I've read that, where like uh, stuff they added wasn't part of his, uh, and it was it was great stuff. 
Yeah, awesome. no, there are moments that they added that were fantastic, but you know, the certain action beats and moments where it was just like, yeah. One thing that I've always loved at what Marvel films do, right? Well, at least in my opinion, is whenever they have backstory, because, you know, there's rich backstory in the comic books, but I love flashbacks to Michael Douglas being Ant-Man from the past and the still frames or whatever. Um and stuff. I love shit like that, you know? And they did a, an amazing job with the uh, the CGI for uh, Michael Douglas yeah. as young Hank Pym. I was shocked. It, it was seen, photorealistic. We've seen that effect, like, in Tron Legacy. Ooh. Or, or uh, I was thinking of X-Men, The Last Stand. Remember they did Patrick Stewart, Andy yeah. and McKellen? It just looked weird yeah. as shit. But in this, Michael Douglas was like, damn, that looks good. I mean, yeah. it wasn't all well, uncanny valley. Old, footage, old film footage of what he looked like for yeah. real. Well, it's like the Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. Well, I, it, it, old I love Tron Legacy, but that is just weird looking, isn't it? Yeah. It just looks yeah, it's, weird as shit. It's really <laughs> off-putting. Like, yeah. If if it would have been that he was a digital creation from the start, yeah, maybe maybe like, I would have bought into it. If it, it. would have been Andy Serkis playing Jeff Bridges, it would have worked, you know. Yeah. But uh, just <laughs> didn't that work was for just me. awkward. Yeah, but uh, Ant Man was a lot of fun, and the supporting cast was so funny. I loved his team of three thieves, those <laughs> goofballs. <laughs> It was uh, good stuff, man. A good. Oh, they were hilarious. That uh, Michael Pena or Pena or Pena. Pena. He was. Yeah. He was brilliant multiple times. It's and so funny the way he's always smiling no matter what. He's I like, like when he tells yeah, the man. story and everybody's talking in his voice when they're yeah. the scenes. Yes. And that was a scene that uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Adam McKay created for. Oh, it. fantastic so... Stan Lee cameo. <laughs> yes, is the bartender. But he's like. Uh, How's it going? He's like, oh, my mom died. My dad got deported. But I got this van, man. <laughs> he's just like, he's real positive about everything. This is one of those vans with the bubble window. <laughs> yeah. 70s good time van. Yeah. And what did you, you know, I will agree, although Corey Stoll was great as a bad guy, the bad guys in Marvel movies are very thin, aren't they? They're just... I mean, if you look back at Iron Man, the very first Marvel movie, Jeff Bridges, he works with Tony, but he's taking over the company because he's selling weapons to terrorists yeah. or bad people right. just to, to, to make money. He's yeah. a megalomaniac, and he wants his own iron suit to take over. Essentially, that's exactly what Corey Stoll is doing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and you know what drove me crazy the entire time during that? That's my main com- that, If I have any complaints, that's my complaint. Love Corey Stoll. Uh, Edgar Wright never would have done that. And if he did do that, he would have done that tongue-in-cheek like he did with uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Gideon Graves. Right, but like, we don't it would know. have been very. We will never know, Bill. He might have. <laughs> I know, and it's tr- that is going to drive me crazy for the rest of my life. Really? I, I mean, yeah. I just I've let it go by now. I'm that much of a fanboy. Well, yeah, that I won't be happy until I read the script that he wrote. <laughs> you could probably find it somewhere. I have looked. Uh, I just wonder what. You know, even to this day, like he'll eventually out. give a review uh, and yeah. say, or not an interview where he'll say, here's the reason why I quit or whatever, or because I thought the script was pretty tight. 
You know? Yeah, and Joss Whedon even said it was the best Marvel script he ever read. And maybe that was just to rile Marvel up because he was pissed at him. Well, I thought this finished film was a really good, tight storyline. Yeah, I I agree. I think it, it tied a lot of things together really well. I absolutely love the stuff with Falcon, too. So, really sorry, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> hey, you seem like a real nice guy. <laughs> you know, I yeah. thought the, I, my favorite part is when he's like, it's okay, he can't see me. Yes, I can. <laughs> he's got like the little scan thing. <laughs> but I love it. It's okay, he can't see me. Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> that was pretty. I love the, the movie's very funny. It's got funny stuff in it. Yeah, it does. It's very good. That the Falcon stuff was great. Uh, I thought Evangeline Lilly was good in it because she seemed very capable throughout the whole film, and her dad yeah, just wouldn't her. let her participate. You know, and we know why he didn't want her to participate. But uh, I like the that ending. Which again, Bill, let me ask you this: When the credits started to roll, did people get up and start leaving? Yes. I know us too. Are like, where are they going? It's a <laughs> but I was actually film. very happy that that happened because there was a person sitting in front of Natalie and I that had the worst bo I've ever experienced. Oh uh, yeah, we've experienced that before. Yeah, like I'm talking like like oh, like Steven two months Steve. no bath <laughs> actually leaves a a trail because the entire movie. Natalie spraying yeah, this lingers. essential oil stuff to get the stench away. It would have been funny if she went like lean form, like in trading places, go over the person. Yeah, we didn't know where it was coming from. We were in this. Uh, there's this company called Marcus Cinemas here, and they have these screens that they call DLX, and it's a lot like the XD if the XD had oversized uh, recliners. This actually has this like little button on the side that it's an electrical recliner. And oh, cool. so the the space is so wide that you can't like actually lean over to spray something. Ah. So you have no idea where it's coming from. It was a mystery BO. The movie ends, the smell goes away, and we just <laughs> looked at each other like that was intense. I hope we never oh. have to experience that again. Was that Avengers? What movie was that where we had a stinky guy in front of us? I go, dude, do you smell <laughs> this guy right in front of me? And there's one point where he goes like, ha, 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 and Steven goes, oh, yeah, you think that's real funny, don't you, stinky? And I was like, and like almost like choked to death. So you think that's real funny, don't you, stinky? <laughs> so so the, movie, the movie's over. The smell goes away. We're waiting by, you know, we're waiting for the credits, waiting for the final scene, standing up at the end of the aisle. And then all of a sudden, these three kids come running back in and the smell returns. Oh, it's Uh a little kid? No, it was maybe like a 16, 17-year-old kid. Oh, I wonder if there's like, um, you know how you hit puberty and all of a sudden you've got body odor and you don't know why? (laughs) Yeah, he couldn't have... I don't. I can't even explain it because it was honestly the most pig pen experience ever. Because this kid actually left a stink trail. That's oh. what whenever did patchouli too. stink. When he, you could taste it in your mouth. And it was I so remember, bad. Oh, I was gonna say that I had a friend named Clifford in the sixth grade, and he would come over to our house, and he had horrible bo. And I remember my stepmom Yaja. She goes, Jason, come here. I need to talk to you. <laughs> And I was like, okay, hey, Clifford, I'll be right back. I go downstairs. She goes, that boy smells terrible. (laughs) You need to tell him. And I was like, no, you need to tell him he smells terrible or 
he's not coming over to our home anymore. He's stinking up the entire house. So I was like, okay. So I walk back up there and I'm like, yeah, I can't tell him. <laughs> I couldn't tell him. I couldn't do it. Just never invite him over again. Yeah. Hey, let's go play at your house, Stinky. I mean, Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Well, we there was a kid like that in third grade for me who sat in front of me and we called him Stinky Sullivan. And his name wasn't Sullivan or Stinky, but we I called him that anyway. In the room. <laughs> And one day, you know, I, somebody said something. Maybe it was me. I was a brat. Damn it, and, Bill. Oh, yeah. it stinks. <laughs> and he go, he starts crying and saying, we don't have hot water. Oh, my you God. Know? Yeah. And uh, the teacher, like, had to take him out of the room. And I, yeah, I think she said, I think everyone needs to be a little more sensitive. But it was really what hot water, not having hot water prevents you from washing yourself. I'm like taking sad. cold showers before, just yeah. <laughs> but not, yeah, not this, happily. Even, but even the kid at the theater, Natalie, was like, "This is should I call Child Protective Services because this is bad." Hey, kid, I need to talk to you. I mean, this isn't. You smell horrible. You smell like shit, and I want to kill myself. That's how bad you smell. <laughs> yeah, I, not. I mean, it's not trying to offend you or upset you, but. Good God. Yeah, and this wasn't just like an ass smell. This was like that aged, <laughs> aged vinegary ammonia mixed with like manure and compost. It was just, it was the worst smell I've ever experienced. It, it burnt. It was tangy. Oh my God. When you can taste it, you it know it's bad. Like it's like a... A year or so ago, I was working it uh, out of town and I... I Went down to breakfast. I sat down in a chair, and this waft of stink came up out of the chair. Oh, and I Jesus. got up. I got up immediately and chained. You know, moved <laughs> seats. But that stink stayed with me all day. I'd turn around, and be like, "Oh my god, it's still there." You know, but it's you like know I, what's the worst? I kept like thinking of the Seinfeld episode where the car stank. You know, the the the, the it's a uh, strong car attendant got in the car. Smell. And, yeah, I, I, at first I thought it was like, is it the seat? Is it me? Like I was, I genuinely for a second was like, oh my God, do I stink this bad? <laughs> could you like, guys have told your friend that they smelled? Oh my God. Yes. Oh, you That's could just have? a common courtesy. Yeah. My sister did to one of my friends. I mean, now, like as a, as like, you know, a 35 year old man, I, yes, you have to say something. But if, if you, you don't, were my age, like you, it was your friend, he came over to your house. Could you do no, that? Do I stink? No. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up is because you smell like shit. No. <laughs> Steven, you smell great. It's that Axe body spray. Sweet. <laughs> I can smell from a mile away. <laughs> From a whole mile, like, baby, are you okay? Can you breathe? Oh, she's a mess. All right. So anyway, the reason I brought all that up is because in the the end stinger or whatever they call it is we see that it's promised that the wasp will yes. arrive in the next film or whatever. And she was her. She said it's about damn time. And, uh, good God, (laughs) 
Bless Wait, you. was that the dog? Yes. The dog just sneezed, and I'm I not thought kidding. that was like an old school signature snort from Stephen for a she second. She has been a mess in sneezing for over a month now. She though. needs a Claritin. Yeah, we've been giving her uh, a recommended dosage of Benadryl. She, I don't know what, what the her, hell. I don't know what her effing problem is, but I we need to just start over with a new dog. <laughs> You but, need to take her back. Go. No, this one's defective. <laughs> but I think it's this movie. Just don't take her to excited. a pet land. You know when it said Ant Man will return. I don't know if it'll be a sequel, but we know he's going to be in the next Captain America film. And I thought they did a good job of establishing the character. So when he shows up in Captain America: Civil War, it's going to be pretty awesome, right? Yeah, and the they, Falcon think, knows a guy. I think they gave away that he's also going to be on the side of Captain America too. Yeah. Because uh, the Falcon goes, I know a guy, and you know he's going to call Ant-Man. Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. He's going to call Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, isn't he? No, he's going to call the female Ghostbusters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I knew the Ghostbusters characters' names. That would really be... God, that would be so helpful. When uh, I brought this up to Bill... <laughs> For some reason, God bless uh, uh, Paul Feig, but he was like, "Here's the name of the, here are the characters' names of the new Ghostbusters. What do you think?" And I was like, "I don't think anything. It means nothing to me. It's a name. It's it's the same thing as showing me uh, the uh, the new Ghostbuster car. Any a film that's never come out before. Like, hey, here's who Shia LaBeouf's going to play in this movie. He's going to play John Riley." What do you it's think? like that means nothing to me because it's I don't know the story. I don't. It the doesn't matter. John Riley, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything to anybody. So I thought it was pretty stupid to, uh, you know. Yeah, I, honestly, at this point, they're just fishing for goodwill from the uh, uh, the people that will go see it. But what they're not thinking about are the people that have never experienced Ghostbusters. There's plenty. So, Bill, of, uh, um, teenagers. So, uh, Kristen Wiig is Aaron Gabler. Gab, okay, so that's very similar to Peter Venkman. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Leslie Jones is Abby Bergman. Very Ernie Hudson, uh, uh, Winston Zedmore. All right. Kate McKinnon is Jillian. She doesn't have a last name. Uh, like Egon. And uh, Melissa McCarthy is Patty. Oh, Ray. Mm-hmm. But Egon had a last name, Egon Spangler. And Ray had a last name, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, wait. I don't think that was accurate. <laughs> oh, it wasn't? I think I just made that all up. Okay, here we oh. go. Melissa McCarthy. Blah, 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 blah. No. Oh, how do I? I don't. Who cares what their names are? Am I right? I think that's the point. Where? What was I reading? Okay. Melissa McCarthy is Abby Yates. Did I say Abby before? What was that person? I don't remember. Uh, Kristen Wiig is Aaron Gilbert. Kate McKinnon is Julian Holtzman. Uh, Leslie Jones is Patty Tolan. All right, guys. There you go. The new Ghostbusters. Aren't you guys I feel like I know everything. And Chris Hemsworth is... I want you guys to guess Chris Hemsworth's name in the next... Janine? (laughs) Kevin. You got it, Steven. His name's Kevin. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's the name Chris Hemsworth plays Kevin. Hey, Steven, I think you just uh, won the Peter Vankman ESP. <laughs> Steven, test. did you write the script to this movie? <laughs> he did. He did. That's funny. 
That's awesome. So, Bill, did you like Ant Man? I yeah, I did. I did. It was um, it was very fun. It was much needed. You know, kind of a break from yeah. uh, work and studying and reality. And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, I thought the 3D was just really super well done. I I remember. I was thinking this is the, you know, because Marvel's films have all been in 3D, but it's all post-3D, nothing yeah. special. This film looked great in 3D, especially the Quantum Realm stuff was really yeah. cool. But yeah. all the shrinking down, when he first falls down in the bathtub, that 3D effect was awesome, I thought. Yeah, it's some of the best. Uh, well, you know what? None of that stuff was really the, the post-3D. That was all CGI rendered. Yeah, so. they did a great job with it. Yeah, it was great. The I was effects, very, very impressed. I thought the effects were fantastic in the film also. I love the ants, too. When he first, the crazy ants, he's like, you're not so crazy. And it was like, ah! and they like jumped on him and then all of them jumped. He's like, ah! but uh, the ants were fantastic. They were like characters in, um, Steven, you dig Ant-Man too? Yeah. Pretty it cool. Was, yeah. Like said, Antony was a great little character. Oh, may he, may he rest in peace or, or, or pieces. May you go in pieces. I thought it was so funny that uh, one of our friends of the show, uh, Sean Ash, was watching uh, uh, I Come in Peace, a.k.a. Dark Angel. And I think they were airing it as Dark Angel or something, and he was like, wait, did they do two of these movies? Because it it is strange that overseas they call it Dark Angel, and here they called it I Come in Peace. Two different titles. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I, God... That's like one of those first movies I watched on pay-per-view that just like opened my eyes to how wonderful the world is. Oh, fantastic. I love the CD, <laughs> CD launcher gun, the alien. Brian Ben-Ben. Hell yeah, Brian Ben-Ben. And Dolph Lundgren, who would have known they would be a great duo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I want to ask you guys this, and I want you to give me your honest opinion. Try not to do the whole internet trolling thing that everyone's doing. I want your honest opinion. I know you guys wouldn't do that. I'm just joking. Did you see the Fantastic Four trailer before Ant-Man? The new yes. One? Of course we did. How did you feel as you watched that? Overwhelmed? Underwhelmed? Didn't care? Did care? Excited? Don't care. Not excited? Didn't care. Didn't it's, care one iota. Is there anything about it that... Makes you like a woo. No, it looks flat, dude. It looks flat as hell, just lifeless. And I love Michael B. Jordan, and he's like, he might be the only good part of it. Yeah, is what I was thinking the same thing. The thing looks like shit. Doctor Doom looks like shit, but it's just like. I know it looks like they're doing real world kind of Christopher Nolan Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's I don't know what they're thinking. I, 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 the whole thing just seems very strange. And not that that's a problem. A real world like Fantastic Four would be fine if what I saw made me any kind of excited. But as I watched it, I was just like. I feel, I'm feeling nothing. Nothing's happening to me. Like, you know, like every time I see that freaking like, Star they... Wars trailer, of course I get goosebumps, you know? I was, oh, Jesus. Uh, speaking of goosebumps trailer, um, but uh, did you see that? 
No. The Goosebumps. Oh, God. Yeah, that looks... It's Jumanji with Jack Black and kids again. That's wow. all. But uh, the... The trailer itself, are they sending them to the quantum realm? Like, they're not astronauts. They're like... Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking the same thing, it too. It looks like they're, they're sending them to an alternate dimension, a, a dimension. or some shit. I just wish Marvel was in control of Fantastic Four. That's what it makes yeah, me Yeah, can wish. we just get Fox away from all Marvel properties? And I'm not trying to hate on um, Josh Trank at all. I have nothing against the guy. I love Chronicle. I do think it's there's no way in hell if I was a director that got named to do a Star Wars film would I quit in a million years, you know? Yeah. But um, ah, man, I just when I watch that trailer, I'm like, I, uh, I got nothing. Now, didn't he also drop out of the uh, Star Wars spinoff? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Josh Trank. He was originally going to do the they rumored that it would be a Han Solo Boba Fett type of film and nobody ever knew what it really was and he dropped out of it then they Chris Miller Phil Lord are doing a Han Solo prequel type of thing so I have a feeling that's exactly what he was going to do but I know that he they they were saying that the whole Fantastic 4 thing was a really bad experience for uh yeah, the, immediately when he – did he quit Star Wars? Did he get let go? I don't know. But as soon as it happened, these bad things started coming out about how he was a pain in the ass with Fantastic Four or something. And I guess he kept he kept disagreeing with uh, the producer and the – was it Simon Kinberg that – worked on the script for Fantastic Four, but there was just all kinds of crazy shit going on there that uh, he's going to have to really... I don't know what's going to happen with him, but normally when this sort of shit starts circulating, it's bad news. Yeah, he's going to have to go do some personal film or something, I guess. I don't know. Some people can work within a big machine and some people can't. You know what? I'm getting a... um, a Wolverine Origins vibe from Fantastic Four. Yikes! It doesn't look that bad because mm. they don't—they haven't cast a million different Marvel characters. In Nothing <laughs> can look as bad as Wolverine Origins, but I'm no. saying like in like the meddling. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, it just seems it's something's off, and they've tried to this sell is- the film like four different ways already. Right. This is the thing that I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about it when it comes out and they review it. I can see, like, Drew McWeeny will review it, is that it's just not fun. It's just boring or something. I hope that's not true, but I'm just saying the only part of the trailer, now that I think about it, that actually kind of amused me at all is when Reed Richards is a little boy and he's yeah. trying to build a teleporter right. and his friend who is no doubt uh, Ben Grimm, I guess. I assume he yeah. says, you're insane, or something like that. That's kind of funny. But I don't know. So we'll wait and see what happens with uh, Fantastic Four. But I am yeah. excited about the new Mission Impossible movie. That looks awesome. Yeah, and there was that great little featurette before we saw it. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, saw uh, Ant-Man of 
Tom Cruise doing the practical effect hanging off the plane. He's really hanging off the plane. And it's so funny. Yep. Emma looked at me. She goes, is he insane? And I was like, technically, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes he is insane. <laughs> but even Natalie was like, he looks he looks better. I wonder if this is after the Scientology documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, Heather said, he does think he has superpowers, doesn't he? I go, yeah, he yeah. does. He's probably like, if it breaks the cable, I'll just fly to the ground. I'll be fine. Be it's fine. like, I'm huh? clear. We he got just these contacts down. to put in your eyes to protect your protect protect you from all the wind. No, I don't need them. <laughs> yeah, don't need them. I'm cool. I'm cool. Dun, dun, I have super dun, dun. eyes. Yeah. I'll just use but it my looks, eyes. It looks fantastic. The film looks so much fun. I just have a sec. I have a secondary ocular. Uh, shield that I'll just activate that. I'm fine. Like a snake or or a chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steven, I need you to do me a favor. Yes. Could you turn on the porch light? It's the left light switch. And what that will do is cause the bugs to stay outside and not come in here when they see the light and will be inundated. You've been blinded by the light. Revved up yes. like a deuce, another runner in the night. <laughs> Bill, you're making Tom Cruise laugh. Now, I, guys, you know what? He loves there, it. Well, there's the rumor he's leaving Scientology. Yeah, what happened to that? Is that really going to happen? <laughs> yeah, God, I hope so. Now, we have a voicemail from Adam Sexton. I'd like to play that. And Bill, then you want to do some news or DVDs or something? Sure, we'll do DVDs. All right, let's check it out. First, we've got a voicemail from Adam Sexton. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here with some feedback. I'm looking forward to tonight's show, and I will be in the chat room for it. And I'm hoping this uh, voicemail reaches you, uh, Jace Room, in time. Some thoughts on the last episode. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Jason and Steven, but I still have no interest whatsoever in Terminator Genesis. It <laughs> sounds really dull, and it's full of uh, references to the other films. The only problem is I think it'll do nothing but make me think of those other films. And I went to read the Wikipedia entry uh, to read the plot synopsis, and I found it as comical as the plots for the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. I, I understand where you're coming from, Jason, on your thoughts for the film, but I think I should steer clear away from this one. I think it's just going to depress me. The uh, highlight of today was uh, reading Bill's uh, Facebook post on this video review for the movie Pixels and how in the comments it turned into uh, all of us punching our favorite target, Harry Knowles, for his reaction to the movie, which which was full of shit, as all his writings usually are. It's always baffled me, as I'm sure it's baffled all of you, how... Knowles can start and oversee a website that's had great writers over the years and how none of their work seems to either inspire or rub off on him in any way. He still sticks to this stream of consciousness twaddle when it comes to his writing, like like he live blogs everything. I, I don't get it. Uh, anyway, uh, I still plan to make fun of the review in the comments section over the weekend. And, you know, like I said, it's an easy target, but, you know, it's just too much damn fun. Uh, speaking of which, both the Terminator Genesis uh, reactions and the Pixel review brought up 
the subjects of nostalgia. I think uh, Ken Preventure brought that up on his post. And I've always felt that nostalgia can be a positive thing and also something that could potentially stunt a project creatively, you know, make it stagnant when it can and should evolve in some way. And this was a really great theme in a movie like The World's End, where the Simon Pegg character was so stuck in the past of his youth that it kept him immature and irresponsible and in a state of arrested development, among many other things. And what's scaring me away from Genesis is that it just seems like the filmmakers clearly, clearly couldn't tell a different story. They just made a riff on a scenario that's been played before, that we've seen before. And and the thing that I love and what I find exciting about, for instance, Man of Steel and the upcoming Dawn of Justice movie is that there's a different direction and approach to these characters uh, this time. So I suppose the question I'm, I'm asking all of you is, do you agree with the notion that nostalgia can creatively backfire? And are there other examples that stick out of your mind of this happening? Or, say, on the other hand, where nostalgia can you know help a movie? Uh, Gaming-wise, I'm in love with Rocket League on the PS4. I've been playing a little bit of it every night since last Saturday, uh, doing a lot, a lot of uh, online matches and it's it's just so much fun and I was able to play with some friends a few nights ago and it was a blast I, I was on the losing side of lot and I kept making mistakes but everyone was doing the same and they're just laughing their ass off it's really intense really fun and I would really love to play with you guys uh, and you know and anyone else from the ETL community uh, anytime soon. And I'm still into Dragon Age Inquisition. I killed my first dragon two nights ago. And it's right. one of the hardest it? things I've ever had to pull off one. in a game. And I've saved a video of it, and I plan to upload it to YouTube pretty soon. And I've also discovered this new area before I uh, saved my game last time. So I'm looking forward to exploring all that. No one also, uh, Journey is now available on the PS4. That was one of the great indie games from the PS3. Yeah. And I want to play that gorgeous game again with better frame rate. So anyway, that's enough for now since I need to send this voicemail in before the show starts. Good luck on the show as always tonight. And I look forward to it. And I also look forward to the new episode of the Chuck Companion Podcast. So uh, I will end it here. Guys, take care of yourselves. And I will speak to you later. Bye. Thank you, Adam. I've actually been thinking about nostalgia a lot. Here's what I think. When nostalgia comes from a very personal place, it's fine. I have a feeling someone like Ernie Klein, he's just really into the shit he's referencing. Um, When nostalgia becomes panderish to what you think your audience will like, or want to hear, like, say, Pixels, like, hey, guys, look, old 8-bit uh, or old 80s arcade games. Uh, Haha, <laughs> you I guys like this like like shit, right? The, um, the Brady Bunch movie. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, uh, it's nostalgic, but it's also kind of pandering. It's like, Well, it, okay, it's uh, nostalgic based on the series, but it's also making fun of it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. 
Yeah, uh, I had no. Pro- I do I agree the, in a way. Movie. I liked the Brady movie. <laughs> no, yeah, so did I. I even example. liked the second one. Um, I think uh, you know, I understand what he means. Like when Terminator Genesis, when I was watching it, I had a very kind of like I'm probably going to hate this attitude. The fact that I didn't hate it because I let a lot of that go. The fact that those films are so sacred to me, but I was like, those films are what they are to me and I love them, but you know what? I can lighten up. It's no big deal. They're going to keep making these damn Terminator movies. Let's see if I just have fun. And I did. And when they referenced the first film or (coughs) Kyle Reese or everything looks very, you know, the same, it's taking place in the same place. It was kind of neat, you know, because just because I've, I've seen Terminator so many times. I haven't watched it in a long time though, but it's kind of a cool callback. When you have callbacks to films and other movies or in future sequels, it can be either fun or it can be like, oh, yeah, nice try movie. You know, I'm not falling for your horse shit. Because there are times, I don't know about you guys, but when something gets referenced and then someone calls it out, uh, I'm not making a good example of this. There's, uh, I was listening on the radio. Uh, to Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket, where they were talking about Taco. It was Taco's birthday. You know, he's saying the, where do you go to? Putting on the Ritz. And one of their guys played a drop of Young Frankenstein going, Putting on the Ritz! And they all laughed, and the guy goes, Oh, I know what that's from. That's from Young Frankenstein. And I was like, effing duh, dude. Yeah. You just ruined it by saying that. Don't reference it because now you're a douchebag. If you just let it play and everyone laughs and don't mention it, it's fine and hilarious. But some guy had to point out like, oh, that's from Young Frankenstein. It's just like, yeah, it is. You happy with yourself now? You just ruined it. Congratulations. Do you want a cookie? That's what I'm saying. Self-congratulatory nostalgia. Nostalgia. Like, um... Uh, Family Guy. Yes. It feels like, aren't we clever for remembering that? Yes. There was this clip of where uh, Peter Griffin is in Dragon's Lair and he's riding the horse or whatever. And I'm just like, when I watch it, I'm not like, oh, cool, Dragon's Lair. I'm just like, F you, Family Guy. (laughs) Yeah. ruining my shit that I enjoy, you know. It's weird. We're very protective of things that mean things to us. And so when a certain someone references it, you almost feel like, no, screw you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's a fine line. It's different for everybody, I think, of what bothers them and what doesn't. You know? Well, it's like even Adam brought up. The world, World's End really brought that to the forefront for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it had me questioning, you know... What was I stuck in? What it was? It was honestly kind of a turning point movie because I related so deeply with the Simon Pegg character. Right. You know, like what's holding me back is is my obsession with the past. You know, dwelling on things that I wish could have been different, holding me back in a way. And it, nostalgia can do that to a person. Yeah. Well, like Harry Knowles, for Christ's sakes. He's yeah, never Harry thrown, Knowles is that character. He's never thrown a goddamn thing away in his life. And he keeps it all like it's buried treasure. Like he's like got Scrooge McDuck with a mountain of gold when it's all just yeah. worthless shit to everyone else. Which is fine. It's worth something to him. But, dude, come on. You know? yeah, it's, like, 
it, it honestly, you know, and again, I took another one of those steps this year whenever, you know, Natalie moved here and I'm trying to create a space that we can both live in. And I had two gigantic moving boxes of Star Wars books that I had read numerous times. And there was absolutely no reason for me to hold on to those other than they associated they to a good memory. To yeah, they meant but, something to you. But it was time to create a space and to move on. And that was the hardest thing in the world for me to take that box of books to half price books and only get $30 for them. Yeah. But it was something that was, it was kind of a moment for me to like, okay, that's a step. And I think we all have to get to that point. You know, there's certain, there's, there's a certain amount of, uh, moving on. And I think that's why I had such a negative reaction to Toy Story 3. And then it it was really kind of about moving on. Have you changed your tune since then? I have. You reacted very negatively to that film. I I did. And I think that's because I was in such a, I was still in such a bad place. Yeah. No, I get it. The one thing that kind of blows me away about nostalgia is I will finally remember something from childhood. But if I really think about childhood, I don't think of it as a happy childhood. No, childhood sucked ass. I, but I guess it's just those moments where you were like free from worries or whatever else that's going on. You were happy in that blissful moment that yeah. when you think back to it, um, it's special to you. Like I always think back to my grandmother's on the weekends. It was a safe haven from yep horse shit during the week like how much i hated school and stuff like that it was like and we will always have that memory and we will always have that feeling that you know and then nostalgia is the need to try to replicate that feeling and you can't replicate it you have to appreciate it for what it was i was thinking about like becoming obsessed with that feeling you can't quite reach and almost like you know how people like to they want to have lucid dreaming where they can control everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what if you could control your nostalgic memory lucidly and actually be there and relive it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would be like, uh, uh, Captain Kirk in that thing in the star Trek the movie. Rift. The yeah. The rift. Nexus, it's a drug. Yeah. Nexus. Where he never wants to leave. He's there with his girlfriend. And he's like, you're not here doing anything. You're just like, you've been trapped in here for 30 years or some shit. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't care. I love riding horses, you know, <laughs> or something. There's something out on the wing, but uh, where, where did this bald man come from? I guess that's what they could call it. We all have our nexus that we, some people leave it. Some people don't. And I've always wondered why, like Bill, I could always share nostalgic feelings with you or talk to you about that. Cause it means mm-hmm. a lot to you. But if I share childhood memories with say Vanessa, I will remember like, Oh, this was so fun or whatever. Do you remember this? She remembers it in a different way. She doesn't share the same memory because mm-hmm. it's negative or something like that. It's like we can't share those memories in a happy way because it was different for her. Some yeah. people have uh, nostalgia for different things and commercials that were on in the 80s or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, and there was a, there was a blog post I recently read of somebody that was trying to relate childhood experiences to their own, like, current depression and whatnot and, you know, kind of trying to talk to a family member about it and how it's remembered differently. Right. You know, and it's different for everyone. Yeah, very much so. And it can be frustrating, too, because it's like they don't feel the same way I do, you know? Yeah. 
Laura and Vanessa, my two sisters, uh, going to my grandmother's on weekends was different than it was for me. I don't know why, but um, something very special to me. Maybe them remembering going to the mall and going to Spencer's was more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and sneaking into that back room. Oh yeah! Remember the Holland ass pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> Samantha the, Fox, the black like, light room. or the the big mugs that say "Coffee makes me poop." Yeah, I always remember fundies. It's like a pair of underwear a man Go and woman two. wears together. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was like, "What? I don't understand." They still have those. How do There's you wear a pants store. For those? <laughs> There's a store here they in Ohio pants. called uh, Waterbeds and Stuff. Uh-huh. And it's a gigantic Spencer's that also sells futons and waterbeds. But they have all that shit still to this day. Man, I love it. Flinders. They even have the back room separated by the the like the the weird bead curtain. Yeah, I'm t- you can t- man, we could talk about that for a long time, but it's at the same time that those happy memories it's like, I was also miserable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't understand why I remember it fondly. Maybe, like, I'll even have nostalgia now for when Emma was uh, a baby. And, you know, I was sit- she would be watching Backyardigans and doing her little dance and twirling. She's like, a, you know, like two years old or something. And I'll fondly remember that. And- it's got to be a brain chemical thing. Yeah, you know, kind of like just that that memory that it's release an that it releases. There's got to be yeah. something where I could just sit and meditate. I'm um, like Ashton Kutcher in the uh, <laughs> butterfly effect, and then strangle yourself in the womb. Yeah, I could do that if I wanted to. I told, I told, blow my arms. I told off Natalie about that because she's never seen that version. Yeah, she's like, you're kidding me. That happened? That's a real thing? And I was like, yes, it is. I like the theatrical ending better, uh, but... I don't even remember it. Actually, the film sucks ass anyway. Yeah, the film in general is just awful. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher in a serious film. What were they thinking? (laughs) They made that mistake multiple times. Now, Bill, would you like to do some dvds yeah let's do some dvds what do you say we do some dvds how cool would that be steven would you like to uh do the song steven uh we have a new contestant here in america's got talent it uh could you give your name sir my name is steven sisk steven sisk what are you going to do for us this evening i'm going to do the dvd song (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's hear it Let's do some DVDs. Let's do some DVDs. 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 <laughs> Steven's going to Hollywood. <laughs> All he needs is three out of four votes. Okay, right. DVDs for okay. July 28th, 2015. Uh, we are starting with Cherry 2000 on Blu-ray. Woo-hoo. Cherry 2000? Wait, nostalgia. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm traveling right now. Cherry 2000 
is a really cool looking movie. You know, it's low budget, but it's got a cool post apocalyptic look to it. Yeah, it's and it's a it's a look that uh, certain directors, you know, like indie directors, are still trying to recapture to this day. Nostalgia. It's got, it's got a lot of character, and I always like the main actor in that, David Andrews. Yeah, uh, he's a you know he's totally gray now, but he's uh, he was a handsome dude. He was he's uh, a he's a handsome man. You know, he's like a character actor and stuff, but he was the lead in that, and he was great, I thought. Was he in the <laughs> Stephen King movie? It wasn't Steve, you know, it was based on the book. What was that called? With the rat, Stephen? Ben? Graveyard Shift. Graveyard oh, Shift. Shift. He was in that, wasn't he? Or yeah, was he was. Else? Graveyard Shift. I saw, I'm almost positive he was. I saw that piece of shit film in the theater. It's wow. It's because I was on a Stephen King movie trip where like, oh, it's a Stephen King movie, gotta go see it. And Yeah, I think I saw it there too. Yeah, Graveyard Shift. He was in that. Yeah, I'm going down through his uh Directed his, by Ralph S. Singleton. Okay. His single his single film? What a shitty movie. That was a really <laughs> awful, awful is even doesn't even Stephen even King even say it was awful was about, I don't think. No, they just took it from title, the short story idea. But he's great in Cherry 2000. Dig Cherry 2000. Yeah. I'm trying to remember uh, who else is in that besides um, uh, Melanie Griffith, of course. Now, let me ask uh, you guys this. I don't this. remember. Melanie Griffin, Griffith, not Griffin, Jason. Come on. Melanie Griffith, talented actress. Did you ever think she was hot? Oh my like, god, yes. Yeah. You're like, yeah, she's cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Body double. Brian James is one of the bad guys in that. Good old Brian James. Leon. Uh, Leon. He was fantastic. In everything he did he's done, he was fantastic. Yeah. Was. Best role, Tango and Cash. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tango and Cash. That might have been his last film. It might have been. Hey Weber, where you been, buddy? Oh, guys, just outside for a minute, you know, having a cigarette. I think he, he was upstairs. I put the gate up, and he couldn't get past the gate, so he was barking. He was like, damn you, you put the gate up. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Are you going to purchase Cherry 2000? No. Just watch it when it's on uh, HBO. or Exactly, or on Netflix. Netflix or something. Yeah. Was Cherry 2000, was she a robot? Yeah, she was. A robot? It was an, she was his android wife. Yeah, Is that that's really right. what it was? I can't even yep. remember the the premise. He yep, she was an android. Some, he, she had a lifespan, limited lifespan, I think, and he had to go get another robot part out of a graveyard or something. No, 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 no. He had a he robot, had a robot wife. wife. She was Melanie real. Melanie Griffith was real. And she, oh. was trying to, she he like hired her to help him. Yeah. And then he falls okay. in love with her. Yeah, she the his wife the oh, Yeah, the, because she's flesh and blood. The oh, wife the is, wife had a burnout chip and they had to go find a new one. This is funny. Oh. The film of course made in 87, but it took place in the future. Guess what year it was in the future and you can't 2015. 2015. 2020. Nope. 2017. Oh. So we're 2 years away from having Android wives. <laughs> Android wives. Awesome. That's the next step past the real doll. And it's so funny because uh, 
last weekend they just kept showing the Back to the Future trilogy over and over again. And I think yeah. for some reason Heather and I just had it on whatever channel it was on. Just we kept watching it over and over again. And I, it's just so funny that 2015 is when Back to the Future two. But I gotta tell you, man, you know the day that day in theaters they're they're going to show all three. Yeah, October twenty first, two thousand fifteen. Uh, if do you think if it's going to be a good presentation, should we go see it? Huh. I really want to go see it. I actually, the more I watch it now, I think Back to the Future 3, a lot of people are going to be upset over what I'm about to say, is better than Back to the Future 2. It is. It's more fun. It is. There's a lot of dark shit in Back to the Future 2, and I think maybe that's why I don't like it as much. Emma told me, you know, because she's become a fan of those films. And I said, what's your favorite Back to the Future? She said, Back to the Future 2. And I was like, interesting. Why? She's like, I love the future stuff. It's so cool. And I'm like, I agree with you. That is really cool. It's funny that it takes place in 2015, which is now. But there's a lot about it that bothers me when I watch it. Yeah, the alternate 1985 is... I don't like that he goes back. To 1955 again. It bothers me that they yeah. overlap the first movie. And you know, you could say, well, that was a long time ago, Jason. Why do you even care? Because it's almost like they're desecrating their first film, which is perfect, I thought. Yeah, they are trying to do too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but maybe over time, I won't care anymore, Steven. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the original... Uh, Terminator Genesis. Yeah. But also, I do not like what they did to Crispin Glover's part, where they basically no. used his performance from the first film again in the second, or had a stand-in double. I He is so fantastic in the first movie, I wish they could have worked it out. You know, because he is such a great part of mm-hmm. the first film. The fact that he's not in the second two really hurts. It does. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I could just see him as that Seamus McFly character. Oh, that would have been great. It, in yeah. fact, it's really weird that in part three, Marty goes. You know, he's back in the old west, and he meets his ancestors. One of them looks just like his mom, and one of them looks just like him. And I'm like, how much inbreeding is this? Yeah, the there's some serious <laughs> implications going on. Yeah, there. they're totally inbreeding for years in this family. But, uh, no, I'm, you know, we know why it's like that, but I, I think part three is a lot of fun after I've watched it several times. There are some questionable effects, of course. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) There's some effect shots in part two there also. I mean, Bill, you know, I've talked about this on the Back to the Future movie mini where I think the old age makeup is god awful. (sighs) Yeah. And, um. Michael J. Fox's uh, impersonation, or you know, the the daughter, is so bad. Well, what I think is funny is how old is Marty supposed to be in Back to the Future Two? I don't remember. And he's like this. He's like, I'm older, Marty. All of a sudden, he's Ralph Cramden. But I'm 43 years old. I sound, I swear, exactly the way I did when I was in my 20s. (laughs) I'm not like, hey, Steven, remember back when we were in the You didn't take up the cigar and start getting... (laughs) 
But yeah, the the futuristic ideas are funny. <sighs> and the maybe movie. if you'd have kept smoking the past fifteen years, I just think it's funny that nobody predicted we would all have cell phones in movies <clears throat> in the future. Yeah, I love that in Blade Runner, Rick Deckard goes to a payphone. It's just like, what? No, did he lose his cell phone? It's like they didn't predict that we'd all have phones with us at all times. That he's like, well, well you know what it is in the future? The uh, the cell network collapses. Oh, it's all the rain and shit. It's saturated yep. the cables and yeah. horse shit. But uh, yeah, I can nitpick Back to the Future too. But that trilogy is a lot of fun. But again, I just have problems. But it's my own hangups. Whatever. Yeah. It's my problem. Also, I don't understand why he tells Marty they have to destroy the DeLorean. But at the end of the movie, he's built a new time machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. And the weird kid where he's pointing to his crotch and going, come here, <laughs> yes. come here. Have you ever seen that? Like yes. YouTube. When we were watching, I was like, should I point this out to Heather? No, let her be blissfully unaware. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill. That was Cherry 2000. What other DVDs we got? All right. So Target is uh, releasing these exclusive Mondo steelbooks. So the first one we have is Flash Gordon. All right, Flash they ruined it with Ted. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I, I see, I've never seen either of the Ted films. I thought you had seen the first one. You know what? I've, I saw the first one in bits and pieces. I never actually sat down that, to watch it. I have to admit, uh, okay, you know, I know I just the made The cameo is good. The I made, I just made fun of it, but... That bit in Ted is funny. The fact is that it? they lo- that Flash Gordon means so much to them. Oh well, who wants to live forever? <laughs> Die! 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 The other night I was feeling particularly uh, strange, and Natalie was watching Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and I was like, you know what? With Brian Blessed needs to host this show. Driving uh, diners, drive-ins, and die. <laughs> <laughs> and it just—I love that movie so he much. He will always be, uh, or um, Guy Fieri is Bleachio now. Oh, Bleachio! That Conan thing. <laughs> you notice now they do diners, drive-ins, and dives where Guy Fieri gives uh, video commentary. No. Yeah, he'll like pop up in a window and go, I think that is the very first off the chain. Listen to that fairy music. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Guy Fieri commentary. Yeah, I mean, how else would you want to watch it but without the Guy Fieri commentary? Flash Gordon, the first film, or I mean, there only is one film. Yeah. My mom used to drop us off at the Bowie Theater on Camp Bowie, Stephen, mm-hmm. and we would stay all day. I watched Flash Gordon. I'm not. How did kidding. I never run into you out there? Like four <laughs> four times in a row, and it was we, Billy. You and I were talking about Canon Films earlier. I know it's not the same thing. This is Dino De Laurentiis, but pretty damn is, close. There is an awareness as you're watching Flash Gordon that this film sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, I love it. You know, yep. kind of like, it's so god-awful that I love it. You know, the pew, 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 the yeah. pew lasers, pew, pew, pew. But it's so much fun and stupid at the same time that I fondly, the I mean, God, the Queen soundtrack, 
which I thought was I I'm not going to say I loved it right away, but you grow to love it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, and didn't it, I think I want to say that Edgar Wright did a Trailers from Hell, or maybe he just talked about Flash Gordon and his influences. And uh, I know whenever he presented uh, Flash Gordon at the New Beverly a couple years ago, Timothy Dalton was there for a Q and A. So. Uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those films that really influenced a lot of people, and although it's it's pretty awful, it's still fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and we've got, of course, you know, Ming the Merciless. And also, who was? I remember just had impure thoughts about Ming's daughter. Remember the princess yeah. lady? She, she oh was God, kind of, yeah. She was very, she was kind of not quite good. She was kind of bad. I was just like, oh, I was like, ooh, I like her. Or that kind of I dreamy genie outfit, the little <laughs> like skin tight. Not, I was the age where I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm I feeling right now. Feeling in my groin. <laughs> uh, you didn't have to go there, Stephen. Come on. Did you have this album? No, I probably You didn't I have this st- album? I still have that album. Oh, hell yeah. Do you have it on vinyl, Bill? Yes, I do. I believe that's how I listen to it. Because, you know, it grows on you. When you first hear it, you're like, what is this shit? <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, Queen has always been very theatrical, you know, in their sound and everything. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'll always saw... love the big train sketch of Ming the Merciless at home. Oh, my God. It's freaking brilliant. God, I wish I could remember I all of it. I think about what big train was for a second, but now I remember it was the Simon Pegg. Yeah, like, it was com- the sketch show with the, almost everyone that was involved with... Uh, Asylum or Spaced was in. What have you told me today, Balu? We have captured the escaped slaves in Sector G, Excellency. Throw them into the pit of fire. Even the woman? No. Have her sent to my chambers tonight. Anything else? Yes, Excellency. We have a new world for you to destroy. A filthy little planet they call... Oh, excellent. How bad are the... When you hear the <laughs> that's the same thing with Red Dwarf, where you yep. hear the audience laughing the whole and time. And the IT crowd. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, why do they think this was a good idea? I'll have to watch it later. It's Yeah, watch it later. It's very good. He basically doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, oh, I'll make some tea. Hmm. Uh. But it's, yeah, it's a really funny skit. All right, next, let's see here, continuing on. We have a uh, DC animated Justice League Gods and Monsters, and it's a uh, it's the um, alternate universe, uh, very different versions of DC's Trinity fight against the government after they're framed for an embassy bombing. Cool. Yeah, so that looks interesting. I always, you know, some those are hit and miss, but... Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, if uh, Bruce Tim, a monster, a monster. You know Bruce Tim's involved with this one, so I'm going to oh, give it a, a shot. That's a good sign. Yeah. All right. Next we have uh, Miracle Mile. Uh, 
on Blu-ray. Oh, is that the Anthony Edwards movie? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, uh, Anthony Edwards and uh, Mayor Winningham. It's a classic. I actually, I think I, I had to buy like an out-of-print DVD from MGM because I was obsessed with seeing it again a couple years ago. Here's what's going to happen, Dimples. You are going to reach into that handy little tackle box of yours and pull us out a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bill, at the end of the movie, tell me what happened. No, I'm kidding. Don't, yeah, don't right. But it, yeah, it's a very uh, interesting film. We witnessed a miracle now. A mile of miracles. All right, next we have... Uh, Shaun of the Dead Blu-ray Target exclusive Mondo Steelbook. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and finally, wow, this is a really crappy week. Uh, we have Zone Troopers on Blu-ray. Zone Troopers. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys know this one. I do it's, know that one. Yeah, 1985. Timothy Van Patten, Tim Thomerson. Uh... Tim Thomerson. Yep. Hell yes. I know exactly what that cover looks like. <laughs> yep. Let me just type it in real quick. Zone Troopers. <laughs> kind of a weird knockoff of uh, Is this a Charles Empire Pictures. And what is this place? It's like some kind of old spaceship. This is a bad trailer. They're not even talking. Yeah. Oh, nice. This is the worst trailer ever for uh, for audio. <laughs> well, it's all about setting a mood. So they find a down spacecraft, and there's monsters on it, basically. Tim Thomerson's got to fight those bastards. Aren't right? Nazis involved? Um, yeah, they're like army guys. Oh my god, is Michael Dudikoff in that too? That's the Amer so. American Ninja, man. Don't you love these old 80s horrible Z pictures? <laughs> it was the best part of going to the VHS store. Yeah, just seeing those uh, the box art on this. Yeah, no, the films could never live up to the incredible box art. Yeah, that's what I was telling Jason last weekend after we went and saw the movie. I got home and I was watching TV, and the the box that, or the D DVD or movie, the VHS we waited for, the Ticks movie, was on <laughs> at like two thirty in the morning. I started laughing. I'll never forget. I don't. We saw the Ticks trailer on another bad movie yeah. we were in, it, yeah, and we're like, dude, Ticks. When that shit comes out, we were going to get that. <laughs> And I remember he, stalking the guy that had yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about that before. But it's Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Um, who's the uh, uh, Punky Brewster. Why do I... Why do I Soleil Moon Fry? Soleil Moon Fry, I think, was in Seth it. Green wasn't in that. It was a guy that reminds me of him. That yeah. Joe Michelo or something like that. God, what is that guy's Joe name? Joe Michelob. It's... Uh, <laughs> Michelob. <laughs> is that like Joe Sixpack? Yes, <laughs> it is Joe Michelob six pack. Um, no, this Seth Green. Yeah, he wasn't was. that. That was Seth Green in there. Um, that's okay. Amy Dolan's okay. Amy Dolan's, oh. yeah, Mickey Dolan's daughter. 
Man. Peter Scolari. Great flick. But I remember we were, like, so excited and we got that home. We were like, yeah, it sucks as bad as we thought it would. (laughs) But do you remember what it is? Is that they're putting, like, some kind of steroid in the pot they're growing. Yeah. And the ticks get in and they grow bigger because of the steroids. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good enough to me, man. It's awesome. Horrible movie. Everybody should check it out. Yeah, immediately. (laughs) All right. Uh, And that's. That's Blu-rays for this week. All right, Bill. Thank you for doing the DVDs this week. That's awesome. You're welcome. I would like to watch Flash Gordon uh, in HD again, but it'll probably be on cable or something. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. We were all over the place. I hope you like that. We talked a lot about nostalgia and all that kind of stuff, And but it was fun. I love talking about that stuff with you guys. Uh, we loved Ant-Man. Can't wait for you guys to finish Armada so we can talk about that. Um, but uh, I guess next time, next week, we can talk about some uh, Mission Impossible. And we'll talk about Pixels because we're all going to go see it. Right, Bill? No. Yeah. You said you were seeing it on Tuesday at $4. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what, Steven? You're right. I'm Did- sorry. Maybe I will. Do they have dollar cinemas anymore? Is not there's no dollar cinema anymore, is there? No, not around me. But there's uh, um, the one up there at the old uh, Seminary South, whatever that. There's one up there. I'm, you know, it, just growing up in Texas, there's something that's always bothered me when people add S's to films that don't have it, like, <laughs> or they take the S away if it does have it, um, like you know. The Goonie? The Ghostbuster. Yeah, did you see the Goonie movie? It's like Goonies. Yeah. Or uh, Ant- The Goonieses? You see Ant-Mans? <laughs> that was a bad example. But Ant-Mans. There was this guy coming out of the theater as I was waiting in line, and he had his kids, like way too many. He was in his bad wife beater shirt coming out of uh, Inside Out, the Pixar movie. And he goes, that was a good show. It was a pretty good show. And they were walking out, and it's like, I hate when they call it a show. <laughs> yeah, that was a good story. That's good. Sh- now let's go home and watch our stories. Yeah, I got it all messed up. It just let them go. But uh, next week, going to see the Mission Impossible's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll check that out uh, Thursday night, maybe. But you're not going to see Pixel, though. <laughs> No, you know what? If if I don't I don't know if I have the budget for it. I'll never forget coming back from California. We had to move back to Texas. My first day at Meadowbrook Middle School, and I remember this kid saying, "You know, I automatically I'll never forget. I had this James Bond watch. My dad got me when you held it, held the two buttons, it would play the James Bond theme. Do 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 do. It's pretty cool. I remember this kid he goes, "Hey, what's that?" What's your watch do? Squirt piss out the side or something? And the other kids were like, <laughs> I was like, that's, wow, that's not even clever. And no, it doesn't squirt piss. You're and, hilarious, Billy Bob. And I remember the kid goes, hey, man, did you see that there Road Warriors movie? And I was just like, I hate my life. <laughs> what if to be in here with these assholes? But I'll never forget that. That squirt piss out the side or something. Yes, Son it does. Piss. Here. Yeah, yes. Or something like that. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, try to say names right, and it's not the show. That's our lesson for the day. That's all we ask. 
But if you guys would like to go to nimpodcast at gmail.com, you can check out our old shows or recent shows. You could also become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash landfill. And I think our Armada show will be a patron exclusive for a while. Um, so anybody who's a patron will get to listen to that. Hopefully, I really want to do it right when you guys finish. So you guys sync up, okay? okay. Yeah. We'll so, sync our watches. <laughs> Yeah, I think last night on my flight, I read through, like, eight chapters real fast. Nice. That's yeah, a good I did book. the same thing the other night. That's one of those good bo- uh, kind of books that you can just sit and just, like, totally... There's parts where I get real giddy and stuff, and uh, I would start to read in bed, and i do this thing where I turn on my side, and I kind of got my chin resting on my right arm, and I'm reading, kind of looking down, and then I'll realize... God, I can't move my head. Like, yep. my neck is all cramped and shit. I'm like, I really got to stop doing this. But, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Our uh, feed is cutting out. So, chat room, Adam, Darren, thanks for listening. Uh, send us more voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send a voicemail at one two zero six. I can't remember the number. <laughs> I don't have it written down. Bill, do you remember what it is? Nope. It is 1206-309-4729. So, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. So, Bill, Steven, that's all I got. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Everything is great. Oh, wait, we got a special guest here. It's Anakin from The Phantom Menace. Oh, hi, guys. Mr. Qui-Gon, sir. (laughs) What are you guys waiting for? Go out and watch some video games and shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys waiting for? Go play some video games. Go go watch them their video games. Bill, I'm going to play that there, uh, the the car soccer game. What's it called? Oh, yeah. uh, Rocket Rocket Man's. You know, it's like soccer cars. Soccer leagues. Yeah. Rocket League. No, Rocket Ro- Leagues. Rocket Leagues. All right, Rockets all League. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. See Bye. Good times and great wine. When life gives you lemons, just say the lemons and bail. Now this is podcasting.